fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try to What is going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Rotor Street. RotorStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves. Here with your week eight recap and early look at the week nine waiver wire. Going through all the lessons you need to know, all the stats, risers, fallers, injuries, and unfortunately injuries, a big part of today's show. Lots of brutal, brutal moments today. Losing Kirk Cousins for the year. Matt Stafford looks like he's going to be out for a little bit. Certainly some things we have to dive into. So let's get on into it. All the lessons you need to learn from week eight. We'll start with the risers in the passing game. We're going to try a new format, see if it moves and flows better tonight. Focusing on quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends who saw their value rise or were just studs this week, even if they already had high or value, whatever it might be. We'll start with the Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb ultimately had 31 points in the first half, finishes with 12 catches, 14 targets, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. A monster day. Been having a fine season, but this was the dominant monster that you drafted at the tail end of round one with that huge day. Dak himself, 304 yards and four touchdowns. Just good to see coming out of the bye, a much more aggressive offense, one that wasn't afraid to attack deep, move the pace a bit more. They have been so slow, lethargic under the Schottenheimer scheme, much more run-heavy than we had with Kellen Moore. But this was a high-flying, slinging Dallas attack that just kept their pedal to the metal and ultimately had a huge day with all their playoff games coming in the Dome as well. They're going to be a great team to look at for your fantasy playoffs. Brandon Cooks had a touchdown, 49 yards, three catches. Ferguson had the other score, 47 yards, and a touchdown as well. The only one not to hit was Michael Gallup, 20 yards on two catches. This is after a 10-target day in Week 6, so a little slight step back for him. Move on to Sam Howell and the Commanders, a whopping 397 yards, four touchdowns and a pick for Sam Howell. Huge day for him. Terry McLaurin led the way with 12 targets, but ultimately was outproduced by multiple people. Let's talk about him, though. 63 yards, a touchdown, had that first score of the game. We also had 10 targets go Jahan Dotson's way, 108 yards and a score. He's 51% rostered right now, so there's a good chance he's out there. A disgruntled owner dropped him at a certain point. Maybe we're going to get a breakout narrative second half potential stretch run could be a monster. He had a huge rookie season. We were all in on him in the preseason. Good to see a glimpse of why we might have been all in on him. We'll see if you can find some consistency. Logan Thomas, another nice day for him too. 44 yards and a score, six catches, eight targets. One of the more consistent tight ends this year. On the other side of that game, A.J. Brown. What another monster day. 130 yards, two touchdowns, eight targets. But this time it didn't come at the complete expense of everyone else. Sure, he led the way with all those meaningful statistics. But Devonta Smith, seven catches on his seven targets, 99 yards and a score. Jalen Hurts was wheeling and dealing all over the field, 29 and 38, 319 and four touchdowns for him. Whew. Busy, busy day. The only one really not getting on the action, Dallas Goddard, unfortunately. Another intriguing fall. I have no idea I'd be typing this one out. Will Levis, ultimately a huge day, four touchdown day, 238 yards. Humongous effort there with those four touchdowns. 
all and three of them going to DeAndre Hopkins, four catches, 128 yards, and a score. Good to see some new life here. Youth movement potentially happen. Maybe Hopkins will stick around, though, after a game like this. Uh, definitely explosive more than we've seen from the Titans in any years at this point. The Dolphins doing their Dolphins things. But the big breakout here was Jalen Waddle at 121 yards and a score on 12 targets, seven catches. Of course, Tyree Hill had his 13 targets, eight catches, 112 and a score to a 324, three scores. Oh, mom, just another big day. This offense is ridiculous. The Jags, not a huge day from Trevor Lawrence, but we did get Evan Ingram, a 10-target day. Again, just emphasizing how steady he is at tight end. Still hasn't found the end zone, but 10 catches, 88 yards. Calvin Ridley, a nice rebound effort with six catches, 83 yards as well. Lawrence, 290 on the day and a score. So a mad day for Trevor Lawrence, but at least we got to see some glimpses of light from Calvin Ridley and recognize how dang consistent Evan Ingram is. Adam Thielen, 11 targets, 8 catches, 72 yards. His worst day in a boat, six weeks, and that goes to show you how damn good he has been. So another solid effort from him, even with the new play call. It was good to see another double-digit target day for him. Minshew just continues to buoy up those two main target hogs. Josh Downs, nine targets, seven catches, 72 yards. Another 14-plus point day with Gardner Minshew. He's got 13 or more in every single one of Minshew's starts right now. Loves Pepper in that slot guy. And then Michael Pittman, 13 targets. Doesn't do a whole ton. Eight catches, but just 40 yards. Does get a touchdown as well, though, with that tough outside coverage from Marshawn Lattimore. It's good to see that touchdown kind of save his day. We have Deontay Johnson, target on back, 14 targets, 8 catches, 85 yards. Did come at the expense of George Pickens, who just had one catch for 20, 20, uh, 22 yards. Thankfully, it was a awesome touchdown, broken tackles. But definitely those five targets, a big concern after it seemed like he was starting to separate George Pickens moving forward. And then Target Hog, stops talking about them. 13 targets for Garrett Wilson, a whopping 36% share. He gets seven catches, 100 yards, didn't find the end zone. But as if, even though Zach Wilson is atrocious, probably the worst quarterback in the league, we're still seeing Garrett Wilson get it done. And the last passing game piece, it's probably could have just transitioned to running game with this one. Taysom Hill, because yeah, he had one catch, 14 yards, but it was the nine carries, 63 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground to make him the highest scoring tight end of the week. That's now three straight top six games for Taysom Hill. Three weeks with nine or more opportunities when you combine targets and carries. He's still out there in about 70% of leagues, so someone you need to look to. In terms of, we're going to move now to the week eight risers at running back. Wolfpack, if you're out there, about 15 to 20 of you, would love a thumbs up button. It does help us grow, get out to more people. If you're new here, definitely consider subscribing as well. Would love to have you here. Long time. Week 8 risers in the running game. Another 20-point day for Etienne. He's the number three running back in my rest of season rankings, and this might bump him up to the number two spot. 24 carries, 79 yards, in addition to 70 yards and a score through the air. So explosive, so dangerous. Had an ankle thing pop up, but ultimately came back in the game and carved for the defense on that touchdown. He's fine. He's good to go. Alvin Kamara could have been one of the best fantasy picks you could have made this year. Was going around 8-10 to 10 and has another dominant day. 17 carries, 59 yards, and a score in addition to four catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Not quite the 14, you know, 15 target days that we've been coming to expect from Alvin Kamara, but still a double TV day. He is looking like he is back into Alvin Kamara's shape. Alvin Kamara form, like all the preseason hype from Nick Underhill. It's coming to fruition. Brees Hall, I think he's got to be considered a top 12 overall, not just running back player, moving forward. 12 carries, 17 yards. That doesn't look great, but the six catches, 76, and the TD, you saw the explosiveness. He's continuing to get himself fully healthy. Derrick Henry, 
maybe getting showcased for a trade. 22 carries, 101 yards there. What if he goes to the Ravens? Well, maybe they don't need him. 80 yards and three touchdowns for Gus Edwards, but that could be Henry. He also had four catches for 21 yards. Intriguing usage as a pass catcher. That's typically the Tajay Spears role. We had Henry more involved in that facet of the game this week. DeAndre Swift. 16 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. So it's a whole hum day, but the fact that he had 16 of 18 carries was sick. I mean, great to see. Kenneth Gainwell did have five catches for 30 yards. We would like to see that work get shifted over to Swift. He would be a true running back one every single week, but definitely locked into that high-end running back two status with this type of usage. And the last running game rises, and this is a a very hesitant riser, is the Rams with the fact that Henderson had yet another 10-point day. 54 yards through the air, three catches, 12 carries, 31 yards. Meh, not bad. Royce Freeman, though, was a t- the touchdown scorer here, 44 yards on the TV score. Still was just these two involved. And you got Arizona on the docket after again, surrendering three touchdowns to Gus Edwards. Both of these guys still out there in over half the leagues, and I think they're going to be in a good spot to yield some value next week. All righty. We're also going to dive into a 4 p.m. box score. So there are some risers and fallers that we haven't quite covered on that list. That was all the 1 p.m.s uh, for our risers, but there are a handful more risers. I know Zach Charbonnet, Gus Edwards we're talking about. Certainly some names we will dive into when we do our 4 p.m. box score scan. But let's talk about some fallers, some duds here. Passing game fallers, you got to, despite a good game from Kirk Cousins, over 270 yards, having a monster year, 2,300 uh, yards, 18 touchdowns at the, the midway point here was truly on pace to potentially hit even 5k yards and 36 touchdowns. Great season for Cousins, but unfortunately coming to an end, Achilles injury for him, torn Achilles, likely to be done not only for the year, but definitely one of those ones that can linger, especially at his age. We will see he's a free agent this year, how that ends up playing out. But between him and Rodgers, tough to see two of the better QBs going down. And it was, again, the Jordan Addison show. Eight targets, seven catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. K.J. Osborne even getting 99 yards on eight catches, 10 targets. Really quality days from them. 88 yards, six catches, and a touchdown for Hawkinson. And so all these solid, great production days have to still be considered followers because we won't have Kirk Cousins. you got to wonder, do they make a move for a Kyler Murray, a Ryan Tannehill? The trade deadline coming up this Tuesday. They have the, the NFC North there well within their grasp. Maybe we can see them uh, make a move there. Justin Jefferson soon to return. This would definitely be a concern for him, though. If they don't make a move at quarterback, is he really going to rush back to play with Jalen? I don't even know. So ultimately, uh, this is a big, big concern. Hopefully they make a move at QB because it could be damning for the rest of this team. The Rams, Stafford injury. Uh, Ultimately, it was his hand. We don't know exactly the extent of it, if it's going to cause him to miss any time, but he did not return to this game, and ultimately we saw Puka Nakua struggle. Seven targets, three catches, 43 yards. Cup even worse, 10 targets, just four catches, 21 yards. It's a floundering passing attack here for the Rams, but nobody was worse at the passing offense than the New York Giants. Negative one passing yards for Tommy DeVito. You look at the box score, their leading receiver of the day, Darren Waller with a one-catch, four-yard effort. <laughs> Matt Breida tied his eye with that four yards. Goes to show you how pathetic it is. Nobody else had more than even a single yard through the receiving game. Saquon Barkley was the entire offense. 36 carries, 128 yards, three catches for zero yards. For Saquon, hard to call him a riser even with that insane volume just because how bad this offense looked till Danny Jones 
for Tyrod Taylor, who had to leave the game, take to the hospital with a rib injury. It was a brutal spot for Tommy DeVito to walk right into one of the best secondaries in the league, and they did not let him even attempt passes. So if he's in line to make any types of starts, and they said week 10 was the Danny Jones potential comeback, so we might have one game in DeVito here. Ooh, it was hideous. Not something that we want to see often. The Texans did flounder. It's been a while. We had all these rookie records getting set by C.J. Stroud, multiple 300-yard days. It was all beautiful. And in back memories, it's, it's been really bad. 140 yards, 16-24. and 24. One rushing touchdown kind of saved his day. He still only put up, what, 12 fantasy points, though? At this point, 229 yards of total offense, under 200 yards passing in back-to-back weeks. Ugh. And Tank Dell struggled because of it. Three catches, 16 yards. Oh, three carries for 15. Just a really bad day for him. Noah Brown actually led this team with 57 yards, three catches on five targets. So that means, yeah, Nico Collins, despite leading the team with six targets, just four catches, 30 yards. He didn't have a good day as well. Very disappointing effort against a bad Carolina team historically this year. Ugh. Not what you want to see. Desmond Ritter falling, but actually going to make the rest of this passing game likely rise should he be benched for a while. He was benched in the third quarter. Now, Alfred Smith absolutely came claiming it was not performance-related. Yeah, okay, dude. Sounds sounds about right. But Taylor Heineke did come in, 175 yards, a score and a half. It really should electrify this offense quite a little bit. You saw sustained drives. You saw him running, moving the chains with his legs too, just like he always did with Washington. So this offense definitely had some more juice with him. I'd be more intrigued by Bijan, who scored a touchdown with Heineke, leading the charge. 11 carries, 62 and a touchdown. was good to see him out-carry Tyler Algier. It's actually only the third time this season that Algier was held below 10 carries, eight of them for 31 yards. It's a mediocre, uh, really just nothing. After Algier is just a handcuff at this point, but good to see Bijan after last week's debacle was really rough. He did get five targets, didn't have a single catch, but overall, Bijan, this entire offense, should rise as long as it is Taylor Heineke, but who knows with Arthur Smith, you never know a damn thing with that guy. Packers passing games, definitely in the fallers here. Jordan Love, 229, TD interception, uh, really ugly, 24-41, didn't look good, didn't really push the ball much. If he was pushing the ball, it was to Jaden Reed. He had an okay day, 83 yards, four catches, six targets, just 17% roster will hit him again when we get to the early week nine waiver wire. But that's a guy you could certainly look at. Christian Watson, though, oh, man, they just cannot get on the same page. Him and Jordan Love, three catches on eight targets for, who 33 scoreless yards. Yay. Romeo Dobbs bailed his day out with a touchdown. He's up to six on the year. He's approaching the NFL lead in scores right now. But four catches for just 18 yards without that TD. You're, you're talking about TD or bust type of options right now with Romeo Dobbs. Thankfully, he did save his day with that. He did not save Luke Musgrave's day. Two catches, three targets, nine yards. Hopefully, you were not starting him anyways. Moving on to the running game fallers here. Can we call Tony Pollard a bust? <laughs> a universal first rounder. I was all in. I had him at running back three. 12 carries and 53 scoreless yards. Another just under 40 yards Oh, on the ground. It's, it's ugly. I don't know what's happening. 170 plus receiving yards have like been okay, a decent target share, but he doesn't look as explosive as he has. A, a lot of speculation that hairline fracture surgery he had last year on the ankle, what that sapped him. What if he does just need to be more of a complimentary piece? Either way, it's clearly not what we were expecting from him. The work has been insane. He's got some of the highest expected fancy points, but unlike years past, 
where he's exceeded all his usage. This year, he's been exactly the opposite, getting a ton of usage, but underwhelming with what he gets. Zach Moss continues to cap Jonathan Taylor. Moss himself got to be considered a riser here. 11 carries compared to 12 for Jonathan Taylor, 66 yards, and a score from Moss, who remains the number two rusher in the NFL right now. Taylor did outperform him with 95 yards on his 12 carries, but it was just annoying to have the vulture touchdown there with Zach Moss. A near-dead even split in rushing totals in snap shares. Ugh, it just I like this game. The offense, they run so many plays that ultimately these guys are doing solid mid-range RB2 work. But if one of them, we saw it with Zach Moss, he was a borderline uh, top three guy for those first three weeks. So I it just if that could have been Jonathan Taylor, my God, what we'd be doing here. So ultimately, very disappointed that they are just kind of continuing to nibble each other's cheese, even if there's production there. We just can always just imagine what that ceiling would be if they weren't here chewing at each other. Miles Sanders plays behind Raheem Blackshear. Oh, you had to be any more convinced that this guy's one of the worst busts in the league. Three carries and five yards for Raheem Blackshear. Two catches, 26 yards through the air. He played all well behind Chuba Hubbard. 15 carries, 28 yards, nice yards per clip. Got stuffed on the goal line five times over the course of the game. It was bad. Two catches for 26 yards as well for Hubbard. Just a hideous overall effort. So maybe Sanders will be back, but you so to not consider him one of the biggest fallers of the week. Zero yards on his two carries. Again, playing behind Raheem Blackshear. That tells you the status of Miles Sanders right now. Move on to the Packers' backfield. Aaron Jones, seven carries, 29 yards. 17 yards on his four catches. A.J. Dillon just as involved. Six carries, 11 yards. <laughs> Five catches for 41 yards. Just ew. Completely split down the middle. Neither one is truly exploding. Jones still doesn't really look fully there from that hamstring injury. It's just, it's ugly. And they're still getting A.J. Dillon way too involved to cap his season. Ugh, the Texans. I was big on Devin Singletary coming out here, having himself a day. And he did okay. 10 carries, 30 yards, two catches on 13 yards. Compared to 12 carries, Damian Pierce led the way, 46 yards. Looked good. Everybody got vultured by Alex Beck, the fullback. But what's a bit more concerning is we got a decent amount of third down usage here from Mike Boone, who also got some red zone snaps too. So if this becomes a three-headed nightmare, it's already getting gross enough. If Damian Pierce had the ninth most carries and been separating but doing absolutely nothing with the work, then it became a two-headed backfield, and now it might be three. Uh, is there anybody we'd even want to keep on this team? If that's going to be that moving forward, no. Vikings running back, yeah, it looked like Madison retook those reins after I was thinking Akers could – Come in here, take the reins after we saw him definitely outperform Alexander Madison on Monday Night Football a week ago. Eh, Madison still is the bell cow, 16 carries, 31 yards. Commissioners, nine carries for 19 yards, but the touchdown didn't go to Cam Akers. Neither of them looked good, and this offense is about to take a big step backwards with no Kirk Cousins. So I might have to roll back that prediction on Cam Akers, not only just taking over the backfield, but it actually even mattered given how ugly that looked. Patriots just a heinous backfield. 10 carries, 39 yards, four Ramondre, two catches for 11. How do you trust the guy? You can't. You shouldn't be. And then Ezekiel Elliott, seven carries, 36 yards, also atrocious, touchdown or bust type of option. And then Steelers, you know, just a gross Najee Harris, 12 touches compared to uh, nine for Jalen Warren. You know, the 60-40 split, neither of them doing anything. Warren, a little bit better, 19 carries, uh, 19 yards on his five carries, 19 yards on his catches, but still, ugh. Right. Not nothing overly sexy there. Uh, so that Wolfpack wraps up our risers and fallers, specifically from the 1 p.m. games, 4 p.m. box score, 
scan is coming at you uh, just because, again, we go live right when the 4 p.m. ends. So we don't have time to fully, fully dive into snaps and all the target shares. But it is good to just dive in real quick and talk about who rose and fell in our eyes. Lamar Jackson, a bum day, 10 points or so, depending on your scoring. And that's because Gus Edwards, 19 carries, 80 yards, three touchdowns, significantly separating today with just four carries, 15 yards, going to Justice Hill. I'm intrigued to see what the final snap shares are, but we could see in a game where they're going to be leading, clearly the work is going to go to Gus Edwards, who again, three touchdown day, monster effort for him. Mark Andrews did score as well, 40 yards, a touchdown, four catches, but nobody else had a meaningful day as a receiver. So Zay Flowers, you know, five catches, but only 19 yards. Back to that really low A-dot role that is it's just kind of it. Eh. In the beginning of the year, we had finally seen that creeping up and growing into a full receiver role. He's so good. Don't don't use him this way. Come on. Uh, Josh Dobbs, two touchdowns. Okay. 26 yards and a rushing touchdown as well. So he ended up having himself yet another okay serviceable fantasy day. Big news there was that Mario DiMarcado saw 20 carries. So back-to-back weeks where he was at about 90% of the rush there. We did actually get a Keontae Ingram sighting. Two carries for him as well as two carries for Damian Williams. But it was the DiMarcado show. Imagine when the snap shares come out, he'll be at at least 75 to 80%. You got one more week where you could go out and use this guy, 36% roster. I think it's worth it. But the bigger story here is Trey McBride. First game without Zach Ertz, 14 targets, by far the team high. 10 catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown for the hyper-athletic. Became the, the entire show. It's an offense that we cited. You know, 31% target share to tight ends between him and Ertz. Was third in the NFL. We didn't think that. Every single one of Ertz's targets would then go to Trey McBride, but they did. He literally was unstoppable today, definitely. And this was the, the second best team against tight ends. It was a hard matchup for him, and he thrived. So Trey McBride, we'll get to Ray Wires. She'll find out uh, where he works on my list. But hint, it's really high up. Awesome day for him. No other real meaningful action. We did get another Marquise Brown touchdown there. Moving past that game, the Browns. Cremont got his touchdown, had himself yet another serviceable day, had a catch for 12 yards as well. Another 12 to 15 points. The guy just continues to perform. It's surprising to see Pierre Strong get 10 carries because Jerome Ford was active, but he only had nine carries, 37 yards, and looked actually okay. But Pierre Strong, 41 yards through the air, 41 on the ground, an 82-day. Hey, not bad for the kid. He is explosive. I've always liked him, that 4.37 speed, 99th percentile, 40-yard dash. So always had intriguing skill set there. Uh, if he ever gets a really good role here, he could definitely – do stuff, but I think Jerome Ford, it was the ankle. I imagine his role will continue to grow here moving forward. Ken Walker, eight carries, 66 yards. Okay, not bad. Except that you look at five carries for 53 yards for Zach Charbonnet, nearly as involved here. Charbonnet also catching two balls for 11 yards. I don't know the final snap shares, but I bet you it's going to be close to 60 40, maybe even 55 45. Charbonnet was on the field a whole lot in this game. We talked about stashing him as a handcuff. Hopefully you did so. He's still out there in a bunch of leagues. Again, we'll dive into a little bit more. We'll get that early waiver wire in a second. Joe Burrow, I think he's got to be among the biggest risers at the quarterback position this week. Three touchdowns, 283 yards. But the big thing was he was running all over the place. Six carries, 43 yards, that mobility in the packet, the ability ability to really plant on his leg, send the thing deep. He just looked like Joe Burrow. This looked like the Bengals of old. They smashed the Niners 31-17. to Jamar Chase, huge day, 10 for 100 and a touchdown. T. Higgins did just finish with 5 for 69, but ultimately looked better, was moving around well. It is, though, similar to that A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith situation. It's no longer a 1A, 1B. It is clearly Jamar Chase, number one, T. Higgins, number two. Tyler Boyd got into the end zone as well. 
Uh, so good day overall for this entire Bengals offense. And then Mixon also found the end zone, 16 carries, 87 yards, and a score. Solid day for him. Looking really spry as well. Three catches for 23 yards. So over 100 total yards, 110. Three catches, the TD. Great day for Mixon. He's always been a great buy low, playing 76% of the snaps or higher in nearly every single game. Uh, so yeah, Joe Mixon, continue to try to buy him if you somehow can. Huge day for Kittle, 9 for 149 on 11 targets. Woo. Awesome day there for him. Ayuk also topping 100 yards, 109. That's because Brock Purdy, 365 yards and a score. He did throw two picks, though. His touchdown did go to Christian McCaffrey, six catches for 64. Uh, and then it was just a complete horror show behind them. McLeod, 43 yards. Eli Mitchell, nothing. Uh, but those big three, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, they accounted for well over 75% of the production through the air. McCaffrey also had a touchdown on the ground, just doing McCaffrey things. And the last of the 4 p.m. box score scan is – Pat Mahomes, flu game, not like Jordan, though. He had a horrendous day, 241 scoreless yards and two interceptions. All ships completely sunk with him. The best of them was Travis Kelsey leading the way with nine targets, six catches, and 58 scoreless yards. So that's the day he's having, you know it's not a pretty picture. Rasheed Rice did get a little bit more field time, had four catches for 56 yards to be the next man up there, but it was an ugly showing. They'll bounce back. He was sick. I'm not going to hold this one too hard over them. Eight carries, 40 yards for Pacheco. Uh, McKinnon seemed to be a bit more involved this week than he had been, probably because of that negative game script throughout. But one of the biggest upsets of the week again, Denver 24, Chiefs 9. Russell Wilson throwing three touchdowns, just 114 yards. But hey, three touchdowns, one of them going to Cortland Sutton, 29 yards in the TD, 50 yards in a TD for Judy. One of them likely to get traded are all the rumors here. So Marvin Mims, you know, just one target, one catch, zero yards today. Maybe he could finally get released. We know Brandon Johnson was moved to the IR, but one of those guys has to get out of his way. Javante also looking great, continuing to separate 27 carries today, 85 yards, also received a touchdown, three for 13 and a score there. So great to see him continuing to distance himself. Jaleel McLaughlin still looking good on his work, four carries for 33 yards, but definitely this gap is getting wider and wider between them. All righty, Wolfpack, that is the 4 p.m. box score scan. That is all our usage recap, all our risers and fallers. As mentioned, though, there have been a few key injuries today that you want to make sure you know of before you head into week nine. The biggest, of course, is Kirk Cousins, torn Achilles here and obviously done for the year. With that, it is a huge downgrade for all the pass catchers. Hopefully, given that they have gotten themselves competitive at 4-4 four and four now, firmly in position to make a run in a, a pretty ugly NFC North besides the Lions here. And even they are kind of crumbling a little bit. Uh, they, they looked great for a bit here, and this, they're getting hot. And then this happens, this roadblock here. Maybe they make a move for Kyler Murray. Maybe they make a move for Ryan Tannehill because if it's Jaron Hall – then we can kind of ship Jordan Addison's season away. Maybe we don't see Justin Jefferson the rest of the year. It would get ugly real fast. So we'll see if they're in the market for a QB by Tuesday, the deadline here. Matthew Stafford, thumb injury, did not return to the game. He injured on two-point birdie where he had the catch there. I tried to play through it, but didn't look great. They were already getting blown out. So the fact that he left and then Brett Ripien took over, I'm not going to say it's a multi-week thing. It might have just been they had no hope in this game, and then they put him on the bench. Kenny Pickett also was declared out with a ribs injury, as was Tyrod Taylor. Ribs injury. Taylor did have to actually get rushed to the hospital. Um, Kenny Pickett had, got taken over by Mitch Trubisky there. He had 73 yards. He completed 10 of his 16 throws before going out there. Uh, Tyrod Taylor was having an okay day, but it was hideous, as we talked about with Tommy DeVito under center. Negative one passing yards. Darren Waller, the leading receiver, but he also left. And he had one catch for four yards. That was your leading receiver. 
He did not return with his hamstring injury either. Kendrick Bourne suffered a right knee injury, had another touchdown. He had three, he had two straight wide receiver nine, wide receiver 10 days. Looked like he was gone pace for another big day, but grabbed his right knee immediately. Non-contact issue. Oof. Didn't look good uh, after he's having a breakout year. One of the Pats' best offensive players right now. Oh, tough, tough to see. And then Devontae Parker also going down. The bigger news then would be Pop Douglas. Demario Douglas, seven targets led the way after they all left. So maybe he becomes a waiver wire pickup for the rest of this week. We got Drake London, forced from this game. Uh, week eight against the Titans. Oh, tough, tough hit there. He's had a couple really ugly looking hits here. He did not return. Taylor Heineke under center. We saw him sustain t- t- uh, Terry McLaurin. Curtis Samuel, like, this would be a much more stable offense for London as long as this is not a serious injury, this groin injury he suffered uh, that he did not come back from. Curtis Samuel also had a toe injury, did not come back. And the defensive side of things, Minka Fitzpatrick had a non-contact injury that looked very serious as well. All righty, Wolfpack, that brings us to our early week nine waiver wire. Thanks again for spending your Sunday with this recap. You're catching the replay. Thanks for coming in here. You enjoy what you hear at any minute. Again, that thumbs up is so greatly appreciated. Keep getting us out to more people as we try to grow the channel. And please do consider subscribing if you really like it and you want your questions answered throughout the week. At the top of my list, it has to be Trey McBride. 14 targets, 10 catches, 95 yards, and a score. He was on our target list last week once we had Zach Ertz move the IR. We talked about how the Cardinals, 31% target share to their tight ends throughout the year, was third in the NFL, fourth in total targets to the position. We did not think every single one of Ertz's targets would just be sent Trey McBride's way. We thought it might be a little bit more evenly distributed, but no, he led the way by a mile, performed well. He showed he deserved those targets, just like in college, where he was 46% of Colorado State's catches and yardage. They get 90 yards, 1,100 yards, uh, 90 catches, 1,100 yards, rather. The guy is a hyper athlete, great after the catch. So good to see him so involved here and at a tight end position where people are desperate all over the place. Trey McBride could be a true league winner down the stretch worth, I'd say, 30 or so percent of your fab at minimum. And we'll dive into deeper on Tuesday, 7 p.m. If you want to dive into how much fab to spend, more strategy, ranked top 10 list, I'll be live then. Some other guys that I know will be there, definitely Zach Charbonnet. He's my number three pickup of this week on last show. And five attempts, 53 yards, two carries, 11 yards, you know, eight points. Actually usable, maybe not just a handcuff, but a handcuff with benefits. And we also saw Ken Walker, eight carries, 66 yards, and only three more than Charbonnet. This was by far the closest split we've seen between these two guys. One catch for four yards as well for Walker. Uh, Definitely good to see Charbonnet so involved, looking really, really explosive as well, putting on the burners at multiple occasions today. So I love Charbonnet. And even if he's got a handcuff, might have some benefits regardless of whether Walker stays healthy or not. And if Walker ever went down, is one of the very few handcuffs in the league that is a true bonafide league winner in terms of a good offense, in terms of a good talent himself. There's not many of those this year. So ultimately, love, 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 love Charbonnet. Amari DiMarcato, 36% rostered, back-to-back weeks now with over 80% of the rush share, 20 carries compared to just four combined for the other running backs. At 78 yards, was top five total in rushing yards for this week, which goes to show you how crap week it was for rushing. He also had a catch for a yard, the underwhelming receiving production. But again, I bet when we see the final snap count, it's about 75 or higher for Mario DiMarcado. And this again, two weeks in a row. That was the risk. That's why I called him fool's gold last week was we had seen him be the guy, then get completely taken away, and then be the complete and utter workhorse. 
We saw it now back-to-back weeks, though, as the complete and utter workhorse. It's not the best of offenses, but, hey, he's looking good. He's an okay talent, and he's got one more game against the Rams next week where he could finish as that featured back. Also, Daryl Henderson, just a last call on him, fellow 5% rostered right now, 12 carries, 31 yards, but also getting the damage of the air, 51 or 54 rather, on his three catches, all three of his targets hauled them in. He just doesn't look great, you know, 2.6 yards a carry, but he does get Arizona, who we just saw get bludgeoned for three touchdowns by Gus Edwards. I do think Royce Freeman also now under 26% rostered. We saw him vulture a touchdown today, 44 yards on his nine carries. He also, I think, will be an an option coming into week nine. You got to mention Taysom Hill. So you had McBride at the top of this list, no doubt about it, but Taysom Hill, uh, he was the top scoring tight end until Trey McBride took his throne in the 4 p.m. games. He had 63 yards and two touchdowns on the ground in addition to a 14-yard catch. So, yeah, the route share went down a bit with Jawan Johnson, but his involvement did not. Again, over nine opportunities. This is three straight weeks that he's had nine plays or more drawn up for him, Taysom Hill, between carries and targets. His third straight week with finishing as the tight end six or higher in a row. He's just getting it done right now, uh, Taysom Hill. So definitely somebody to check at 35% rostered. If you're swimming in the weeds of – you know, and Jake Ferguson had a good day, so that's not a good one to toss out. But there's just, you know how it is at tight end. Why not go for a guy? We saw him have a 30-point day last year, and he is rolling right now. It seems like he has a higher floor than we have seen in the past years with a similar ceiling and two touchdowns. I'll take it all day for my tight end. Rashid Jaheed on the same team, 36% rostered, dropped in a lot of leagues, but showing and reminding you how damn explosive he is. Three catches, 153 yards, and a touchdown. Whew. 44-yard catch, 58-yard bomb, another 40 He was all over the field making play after play. The volume is concerning. It wasn't huge, but this is the type of guy in deep leagues. You got to toss something into the flex in a bye week. Somebody like this that can really tilt your game for you is worth looking at. But if you want more consistency, I actually think Khalil Shakir, 1% rostered. This was a really interesting Thursday night football game. Six catches, six targets, 92 yards for Shakir. But they ended up running three wide receiver sets on nearly every single uh, down here. And that was important because Dawson Knox moves to the IR where they had been one of the heaviest in 12 personnel with Knox and Kincaid. They've decided to abandon that and only do a one. Kincaid was the only tight end active this game. So who knows if Quentin Morris, when he comes back, it will stick this way. But I imagine after Shakir's success and after the offense as a whole, just marched down the field time and time again against Tampa Bay. Josh Allen seemed to really benefit from the added space of having another receiver. I'd be got more engaged as a rusher because the defense was so, so more spread out in these three receiver sets. And he had that slot receiver again, Shakir looking really, really solid. And don't forget Cole Beasley averaged well over hundred targets and 77 catches in that slot role here. So it could be a very fantasy friendly role. Last couple names here, Demario Douglas. We talked about how Kendrick Bourne, Looked like he might have suffered a season ender with that knee injury, immediately clutched it non-contact-wise. We also did lose Devontae Parker, and Douglas, either way, was starting to carve a name out for him. He did lead the way with seven targets here. Didn't do a whole ton with him. Five catches against season high there. Nice. 25 yards, but there'll be better days. He was a hype machine to Mario Douglas as a Pats fan every day in the summer. This kid's popping. They can't get him out of here. He's going to be a star. He's going to be the next slot maven. Well, they might not have a choice at this one. He's the only guy showing any kind of juice in this offense without Kendrick Bourne. Jaden Reed, 17% rostered, four catches, six targets, 83 yards, led the way for the Packers. It's been a up-and-down ride for this pass game, but he's actually been among the most consistent yardage producers in this offense. They seem to really like him out of the slot. They love to get him deep there, too. 31-yard reception was the highlight play. 
Uh, there he almost just barely missed a touchdown to have a huge day as well. But Reed's made play after play. Throughout this year, I wish Love was gaining a little more consistency. He seems to be going backwards, if anything. But I do like this Jaden Reed kid a lot. Uh, definitely intriguing. And the last guy, two toss out there, or two kind of combined here, is Will Levis, 4% rostered. NFL debut, four touchdowns, uh, only 238 yards. But, man, you got to have some moxie to be able to do that. And he was throwing some dimes down there to DeAndre Hopkins, who was also making some really nice plays for him, bailing his quarterback out a couple times. But 47, 16, and 61-yard touchdowns. Whew, really, really nice day. Uh, not afraid to air it out. The offense definitely showed more juice. He also had a 33-yard touchdown to Nick Westbrook, Akinney as well. It was just as good as we've seen the Titans offense look in, in years. And Will Levis just had that immediate it factor. The schedule is soft moving forward to Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, fourth most points, Carolina, Indy, Miami, fifth most, Houston, ninth, twice in the playoffs, Seattle, the 12th most points. He does not have a single bottom half matchup the rest of the year. And on that note, Traylon Burks, only 22% rostered, didn't do anything today, but with uh, Will Levis looking like he's going to open this offense up to new dimensions. And if they do potentially move on from DeAndre Hopkins, could see Traylon Burks, who had some real glimpses as a rookie, showed some some real good gusto there. I could definitely see a big day, uh, big, big kind of second half here for him. That wraps up our early week nine waiver wire Wolfpack. Hopefully that was uh, helpful for you this recap here thank you everybody uh involved here in the chat here Tannehill is getting a spot back see done awesome conversation you guys are going for here uh best best of luck if you need anything tonight with Eckler or the Chargers here maybe stash Quentin Johnson for the game and have that last minute of hope but all our recap coverage will be at roastreetjournal.com we breed and feed you fantasy wolves thanks again for tuning into this recap and we'll catch you on the Tuesday waiver wire stream 7 p.m later guys we used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.